You are now entering film. I see, mate. You're fond of me, lobster. Molly, you in danger, girl. Your ass looks like about 150 pounds of juke bubble gum piled, you know that? Say it, sir! I don't believe you people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Film Code. My name is Phoenix Clouded, and I'm joined this week by a very special guest, Mr. Jeremy Bryant. He is the founding member of Bracket Bastards Podcast, founder and host of Paranormal, the New Normal Podcast, and the Maniacal Music Musings Podcast, which I am definitely going to hop on one day. So please welcome Jeremy Bryant. Jeremy, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. It's always a nice day when you get to wake up and do a podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're so happy to have you here. And of course, joined by our current leading code-breaking champion. I'm sorry, not champion. Just the leader yet. He hasn't won anything. I'm going to win. (laughs) How are you, Brandon? And I am good. It's good to be back. Um, To follow up what Jeremy was just saying, yeah, it is good to wake up and record a podcast, man. Um, I'm looking forward to doing the reviewing this film i'm not gonna say which one it is yet even though you've clicked on this episode you know which one it is um but yeah i'm, I'm excited to talk about this movie um another good week for movies got to actually go out to the theater to see a couple things earlier this week so yeah phoenix how are you doing buddy man i'm great uh much like you i also got a chance to to get out to the theater and see a couple of things um most of my uh journeys have been disappointing (laughs) but uh you know it's actually a lot of stuff out right now so i'll be going back and forth uh a lot over the next few days just to catch up on a lot of things that i haven't seen but uh we are gonna get started we are talking of course about the new movie that dropped on disney plus that is the the decades-long sequel it is the top gun maverick (laughs) of focus focus movies maybe a little too far there (laughs) is it though Uh, no (laughs) i was gonna say no comment no comment because i i just watched the first top gun for a freaking masturbators uh bracket and it yeah i was like why is this movie so popular because because Tom Cruise looks good shirtless. Oh yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why. Uh, <laughs> so we are talking about Hocus Pocus two, uh, which apparently, according to Disney, is their highest uh, original movie uh, debut of all time. So congratulations to Disney Plus for that. Um, Brandon, obviously, I want to start with you being a big Disney fan. Um, what was your excitement for hocus pocus 2 and and what did you ultimately think of of the movie non-spoiler man to be completely honest um i saw hocus pocus 1 as a kid Mm -hmm. completely forgot like everything about that movie (laughs) so when i heard hocus pocus 2 was coming out i'm like okay cool i want to cover this on the podcast let me rewatch one and then watch two right after and i'm glad i did because there's a lot of just not symbolism, but there's a lot of like callbacks that you wouldn't pick up on unless you were a diehard fan mm-hmm. or you had just finished watching the first. <laughs> so me, I really enjoyed it. Um, both I, I'm going to say just both one and two because it's been forever since I've seen the first one. Right, man, that was good. Um, I I just think I just think the Sanderson sisters are just freaking hilarious. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah, Bette Midler is just she 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 gets to that kind of role of performance that I don't think anybody else could reach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As like as just like an evil maniacal witch, and I I just think it's great. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. What did, did you see the original Hocus Pocus, or or did you just re- recently watch it as well? I've seen it. I saw it many times when I was a kid because I used to watch it on Disney Channel every year when I was a kid, mm-hmm. along with all the Halloween Town movies, of course. Of course. Which need to do an episode. On, need to do an episode on all three or four of those. That'd be <laughs> awesome. But but I, I mean, I haven't seen those in a minute. But I watch Hocus Pocus for every year, basically. If it was on ABC Family or something like that, I would like watch it, and. I I saw I saw I haven't seen the original the, the original one now in a couple maybe a year or two because I watched it with my kids last year I think but mm. I mean I remembered every bit of it because I've seen it so many times it's how could I forget it it's a classic <laughs> it's a classic I mean and I live in Massachusetts and I live like right. an, I live like an hour away from Salem so wow I've I've been, I've been there I mean it's, so it's 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 a cool place and the fact that it's actually filmed in that town it's just amazing nice but I mean the second movie was just so much nostalgia like he said like there are so many callbacks like wait a minute are we allowed to do little spoilers or no as long nah, as not, not, yet. not, yet. not yet. yet okay 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 <laughs> but i mean yeah it was just a it was a good movie last night i was watching it till like two in the morning it was a good movie like i enjoy i enjoyed it immensely bet miller and uh kathy najimi and sarah jessica parker all do amazing jobs and plus the fact that they brought uh my boy from Arrested Development into <laughs> into it as a role, so I did love that as well. When I saw yeah. him, I was like, I didn't know he was in this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I adore the original Hocus Pocus. Like it is, in my mind, it is a Halloween classic. Like it 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 joins the pantheon of of the horror movies that you have to watch every Halloween. Like if you're you know depending on what you love, like if you're a slasher fan you got to watch all the jason movies or all the freddy movies or all the chucky movies and then right along there you got to watch hocus pocus <laughs> like, uh, like it's just it's just a brilliant uh funny movie and i think it's hilarious to me like that at the time when when they did this like bet midler kathy najimi and um sarah sarah jessica parker they were pretty big names, like you know what I'm saying. It wasn't like you know what I'm saying they like they aren't huge, but like you know, they're pretty pretty decent names. And um I just Bet Midler was, was huge. Yeah, well Bet Bet Midler was Bet. huge, yes. But like I think I thought it was hilarious that they decided to do this like Disney Channel family movie, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sure they didn't think like, oh, this is gonna blow up and be like considered a classic like and then for them to get a chance to 29 years later come back and do the sequel i think is amazing but um i i enjoyed the hell out of this movie like you're you're both right like it's filled with nostalgia and callbacks and stuff like that which is kind of the the uh standard i think for any decades later sequel is you gotta you know remind people of of what they loved and stuff like that but uh, ultimately, I thought it worked. It, it, you know, in terms of decades later, later sequels, you know, like there's Top Gun Maverick, obviously, and then there's, you know, the most recent Scream, and then there's the Second Coming to America. I Which would is def- trash, right? Exactly. I definitely put this 
probably right behind Top Gun Maverick. I thought it was that good. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, so kicking off, you know what I'm saying? Right now, we don't have any bad things to say, but let's see what happens when we <laughs> dive into spoilers. So we're officially talking spoilers now for Hocus Pocus 2. If you have not seen it, please check it out. Come back to the show and let us know your thoughts. All right, Brandon, we'll start with you again. Your official spoiler thoughts on Hocus Pocus 2. Man, I I think the way just that the way everything worked out was enjoyable. I think the way that I forget his name, but the way he brought the Sanderson sisters back was just like he was so (laughs) fascinated with them as a kid. He's like, okay, let me trick these kids and give them a black flame. I, I liked, I liked that yeah. because, like, you have, because I mean, it works nowadays. Like it, how like culture is nowadays. People will go to links to try and bring back whatever nostalgia, whatever kind of thing, and they'll they won't stop at nothing to do it. Mm. And I'm I'm happy they did it that way, but um. When they first come back, the song they sing is so funny because it's it's Elton oh. John's "The Bitch Is Back." You want to know? You want to know what the funniest part of that was? was? During while I was watching the movie, I literally was editing the last bracket we did in my music show, and uh-huh. it was Elton John. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I literally was downloading the ringtone for "The Bitch Is Back" to put in the show when That's I heard so them start singing funny. that. I was like, I was like. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, the witch, the witch, the witches are back. It was so funny. Oh, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. I love, I love that they started like that. That, that was, that was great. And like, I, I love the comedy of it because, like, you see the two girls running away, and one of them goes, "Like, who are they performing for?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and I love that Sarah Jessica Parker actually pops out and was like, "You, you, you like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like that was terrifying. Actually, that was really good. I love that. I love that the witches were a lot actually kind of vicious this time around. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like in the first one, they're obviously they're, you know, witches, witches. (laughs) Right. But like in this one, like, you know, they they're really like, you know, threatening people like it's like legit, like, you know, we're going to kill you. You know, (laughs) it's like, oh, wow. Like, but, uh, I, what I also loved is that, uh, since it's 20 some odd years later now like the technology uh, yeah yes. 30 years like the 30 tech, next year yeah the tech uh advances even from the last time that they were there like i love how they incorporate them the scene in walgreens is oh my like, god by far the funniest thing i think i've ever seen even before they get into walgreens they're like because <laughs> the the curls are like Oh yeah, you can get magic potions at a store now. They're like, take us to this store, and they have the sliding door that just opens off right. automatically. And they're like, is everyone witches here? <laughs> like, yeah, just it created so many great gags. Like, you know, saying the 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 lotions and stuff. And I'm like, truthfully, like, you know, it's this was not a bad trick. Like, this was hilarious. Like, they kind of mm. have a point. Like, you know, no, if you apply this stuff, you you can look younger. And then but, they have the little girls with the cell phone trying to get a picture with them. Right. And, like, and they got the, the selfie and the freaking like, I love the fact that like 
everybody in town dresses them for Halloween. Right. So like, <laughs> like they see, they, they literally go to a costume contest and it's all like look likes of them. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. They had like different versions dressed of them. They like they had drag. They had hardcore yeah. cosplayers. Right. They had, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that was great. Uh, uh, <laughs> my favorite I mean, though in, in the store is. Is the when they see the uh the mirror, the like uh oval mirror oh my that god. like distorts their faces and stuff. That... Yeah, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> How this... many children's souls are trapped in these lotions? <laughs> it was great. It was just great. Great gags, like literally one yeah. of the sweets. And the fa- the fact that they actually that salt actually works in this movie on them. Like which I mean I never heard that, as someone who does a paranormal podcast, I never heard it. I never heard of salt working against witches per se, but I mean, demons, ghosts, it's supposed to technically. I mean, if supernatural tells us anything, but yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, I mean it, it, it was kind of funny when they did that. I was like, really? I mean, I don't know if that actually would hold up in real life, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, in, in we'll this lore, yeah, I think it works in this lore because I already I'm, have a negative. Oh, Brandon, oh. we were having such a good time. <laughs> now that no, now that you mentioned the salt, wasn't that one girl? Didn't she start having witch powers? Yeah, she she, she the salt, had the salt didn't that, affect her because she wasn't a full blown because she wasn't an evil witch. That's the that's the logic they used. Right, they said right. in the they said in the movie that salt helps keep evil spirits bound. Okay, I no longer have a negative. Okay. <laughs> And technically, she's not a witch. She doesn't become a witch until the end, technically. She just has little uh, hand flashes like Doctor Strange when he's trying to learn how to do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about these new characters. Because I got to say, like, I, I know it might have been difficult, but it would have been great to see some of the original cast here. Like We could have at I least know. had Max. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was supposed to be Max and the boys like kids like i thought it was supposed to be that um, like that's why I, that's why i read a long time ago is that that's what they were going to do with it like that they were going to do like a continue like their kids on halloween night and they have to help their kids defeat them again that would have been great like I, I mean like ultimately i'm happy with what the movie was but like that would have been really cool just to like get at some of them like even um uh the young girl i can't remember the, the name of the actress yeah oh, Max. I, I, is it Max? Max. No, it's the, Max and Danny. Danny. Yes. Yeah. Danny. That's who I would have loved well, to see. Then again, I don't think none of them were none of them became big actors after like that 90s, like when they were kids. Not really, no. I wouldn't think there was a need to I mean I'm scrolling through Thora Birch, who plays Manny. Thora Birch, she, that's her name. She I mean, she's in a lot of she's in a lot, but nothing big name. She's in a lot of TV shows. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. um, Omri Katz, he he had like five roles after Hocus Pocus. Yeah, when he was a teenager. I mean, yeah. they're all well, he's one of those he's one of those stars that once they stop being a teenager, they stop getting acting roles, right. mm-hmm. basically, or but they I just want to get out of the life. But yeah, and I mean, like that could have been the case is that you know they just the, didn't want to do yeah. it again. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, their parents could have made them do it when they were kids, and then they got older and said, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And back, like a lot of kid actors did. Yeah, I mean, Ralph Macchio and um, I forget his other name, their name. I mean, after Karate Kid, I think they all took a break from acting too. Uh, 
Ralph Macchio had a bunch of smaller roles in other movies, like teen mm-hmm. movies, but yeah. but I, yeah, he he did go off the scene for a long time, and but he was big in some eighties movies, like eighties like classic movies. He was some big in some of them, like yeah. some of the uh, what's it, what's the director's name? Um, Coppola. No, no, the guy who did like all the teen movies, like Breakfast Club and stuff. Um, oh, Waters. Was that John Waters? Or, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. Holmes, John Holmes? Or, God, I don't remember. Yeah, his yeah, name. John, John Holmes. You got John it, Holmes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> John Hughes. John Hughes. There. It John is. Hughes. Oh yeah, John Holmes is a porn star. I was gonna say that sounded very porn star. E. Uh, you guys would. <laughs> you guys would know. <laughs> hey, there's a reason I have a a lifetime subscription to Pornhub. <laughs> uh. Of course, Thank on you. an episode about Hocus Pocus, we've got to talk about porn. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I want to go back to the the start of this film, though, when we see uh, the witches as as little. Yes. Uh, oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Like that was like we didn't get that even in the first one. Oh, the, like flashback. Yeah, the flashback of of you know Winnie and and the girls as as kids, and I just thought that was it was really well done. It looked. You know, saying really graphic. It was it was not nearly as good as the first one where we see them hanged, but like just getting an idea of who they were as children and how they behaved and how similar they are and the kids that they cast. Perfect, perfect really, casting. Perfect casting. Like I mean, that, I mean, I, so I I keep I keep seeing I kept seeing it on Facebook like the last week before I even watched the movie, but like. The freaking the way that when he as a kid, like she has the freaking overhang of the teeth, the overbiting shit. Yeah. And that Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker as a kid, like she twirls her hair constantly, like Sarah Jessica Parker does in the movie. And yeah, the crooked lip of the uh Kathy Najimy's character. Like it's freaking it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect and it is very accurate to the way they acted back in uh sixteen hundred Salem. So Yeah. And I love in particular when they go to the the uh the Forbidden Woods. And uh, the witch that that is trying to lure them sings the song that. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh. Yeah, that that little haunting song, like in the like the first Hocus Pocus, that song was like really kind of scary because it was just so sweet and like tender, yeah. but it was a it was like luring kids to their to their doom. And I <laughs> I do love the part where they're like, oh, you don't need to to lure. It kids anymore because there's there's the lotion at the store she's like oh i delighted in the luring <laughs> like, like, <laughs> that was my only job <laughs> like oh man but yeah like they had so many great funny moments i like um when they're leaving the walgreens and like she's like ah oh, a broom and she and freaking kathy and jimmy picks up the swiffer and then <laughs> the I mean, roombas you saw it i've seen it on facebook for a week and you saw it like in the previews and stuff like but like kathy and jimmy on the room on the roombas is freaking like priceless and the fact Genius. that the roomba saved the, the fact that roomba saved the day later for the witches like is the, <laughs> is the funniest part the thing that got me I, I didn't watch the trailer for this one because they released the trailer months ago and then they released the final trailer like a week before the movie came out I'm like i'm not watching either of these and so um i didn't know about the roombas so in the older film, she was you had her you had one with the mop, and then you had the other with a uh, with a dustbuster vacuum. Yeah, and what just made it so freaking funny in this one? You have her on the Swiffer, and then you see her flying with the freaking Roomba, the two Roombas, and they're like, 
I don't know what this is, but it hates mess. <laughs> and yeah, it's I, I see a lot of people complaining on Letterboxd about this Roombas. What? But I freaking loved it. It was so fun. When it when it went in and vacuumed up the soul, I was like, look, it's the machines that hate mess. It's They're genius. coming to save us. It was so funny. <laughs> and the fact that when she's flying them in the air, she actually says, I feel like I'm surfing. Cowabunga. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, how would she know what surfing is? Exactly. Or cowabunga. I was like, what? what? It's like y'all been studying the like pop culture references for the past 29 years. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and the like, fact that when they're flying in that scene, they fly past a house and then there's a TV in the house watching the original Hocus Pocus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so like some of these things are like literal just gags and, and throwbacks just to be sort of tongue in cheek. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, I mean, if if Marvel did anything, it, it made fan service a very big thing. So now every movie that's a continuation of something is going to have a lot of fan service in it. Got, got to throw some fan service in it. And like, and I get it. Like, but like, yeah, I'm kind of like on the fence. Like that was, that was a little maybe too meta <laughs> for me personally, but like, I get it. It was cute. It's a Disney movie. We can, we can, we can let it slide, but yeah. Well, and the fact that was the best scene from the original movie too, with the guy dressed as Satan. Like, <laughs> oh my god! And, and and when his and it's the part where his wife like starts yelling at him, and after after she kicks him out of the house, like right. it's just cl- classic, cl- yeah. classic moment. Very good. Like like and make no mistake, like Hocus Pocus two has some great moments. It's really, it's got a lot of charm. It's really funny. It has nothing, <laughs> nothing on the first Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Like oh, of course, God no, God, no. <laughs> like like. Absolutely, it's 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 a fun little film though, and I do like the creativity that they use in not just bringing them back, but also introducing the new characters and yeah, and their story with the witches. I'm a little torn because you know, jumping ahead here, we see like I don't know if you guys saw the after credit scene. Oh, th- th- yeah, was there? yeah, I... there was because it came up a little thing that said skip credits. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. They started singing. It was two in the morning. I'm like, all right, I'm <laughs> yeah. I'll, so, have to, I'll have to go back and watch that then. But yeah. was it? I forget because at the very end of the film, they had something too. Was it the was the black candle number two the ending or was that the second the end credit scene? That was the end credit scene. Okay. So, like, yeah. So like, there's apparently another black flame candle, which I'm like, I'm a little torn because I'm like, I feel like you can't do this again. Like, I feel like there's no way you uh, can you can do a well, third one. No. Cause the raven that was flying in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. when they, when they when when they were kids and they met the witch, yeah. Like at the end of the movie, the raven flies after the new trio of witches. Yeah, so, yeah. It's the passing of the torch, pretty much. Mm. I mean, and and it, and they could bring back the original witch that taught them. Mm. She. They never said she died. They never said she got hung or anything. So she might be. She, I I think Becca is a descendant of her probably i mean it would make sense but and we we are skipping one of the biggest props has to get paid here and that's to that's to doug jones yeah bringing back the amazing acting role of billy once again because anything doug jones touches is amazing (laughs) billy butcher man like yeah like to me like he was great like but he was he was fantastic in both films but like this one he got to do a lot more you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like we got to see him be more playful he got to joke around 
He had some great lines. And we got his backstory, actually. And yeah, yes. and we actually got about his how he really died. Right. And, and and the fact that he the fact that he was never Winifred's lover, that he only kissed her once in the graveyard, which they talk about in the beginning of the movie and when they show him as a kid. Right. Uh-huh. And like that 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 is that is actually kind of funny too, because it's like it kind of like eh, I wouldn't say it takes away from the original, but it is it is an interesting uh idea that like his story had been distorted all of this this whole time. And he gets a chance to redeem his his yeah. life in that in that sense. So I did mm-hmm. think that was really cool. And the fact that Sam Richardson, uh Gilbert like tells him like I'll make sure people know your real story like mm-hmm. that, they, that, that they become homies but the best part Sam Richardson had in the whole movie was when like they ask him why he can't light the black candle and he's like uh like looking around and, and, the, <laughs> yeah. girls, and the girl and the girls are just the girls are just like ew <laughs> like, I loved it no I loved it in the beginning when the little kid like, asked was like what's, what's a virgin, a virgin? <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh Someone it's when uh, it's when two people uh <laughs> Light a candle, right? It's, yeah, it's so, someone who's never lit. A, someone who's never lit a candle before. Someone's never lit a candle before. It's like, like you see the parents, like good save. Like yeah. seriously, because I mean, well, I mean, you think about it. You, they they had to throw that in though, because kids these days would ask that question if that was said in the story. Oh, totally. And mm-hmm. you have to have you have, you have to have that cute answer that's gonna like push them off with the believe it. Yeah, and Tony Hale in this movie. Oh, Tony. Hale. Oh, this so I, I mean, good. Everything he Tony Hale's in, I freaking love him in. <laughs> See, he was a surprise for this movie because I didn't know he was in this. And Same. I mainly know him as Forky from Toy Story 4. <laughs> I'm trash. That is him. That's hilarious. Wait a minute. You mainly know him as that, not as uh, Buster on Arrested <laughs> Development, one of the best roles he ever did. <laughs> Don't shame me. I've never seen Arrested Development. Oh, oh I've seen like I've seen like the first five episodes. You have to get past the first season. The first season's good, but you won't appreciate till you see the other seasons. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of shows building up, but I, the reason I started watching that was I I had just finished Ozark season three, and I was on a oh. huge Jason Bateman like binge. Yeah, like, this guy's a great actor. Let me see the rest <laughs> of development. And I saw the first five episodes of that, and then I wanted to get back to it, and never could. Nice. I like I've seen Tony Hale, I think, in three things, but every time I've seen him, it, it's like. Dude, dude's one of those. He's gonna be one of those character actors that you always remember, but like you know, what I'm saying who doesn't get the credit that he deserves for for the work that he does because he's like yeah. very underrated. He's you know, what I'm saying in very yeah. underrated roles. He's in a lot of um like secondary like like yeah. thir- like he's in a lot of like little roles in movies, but he's always good. Like always good. Oh my god! All. <laughs> All, all I want them to do is have him pick up the candy apple and be like, I'm a monster. Like in freaking, <laughs> like in freaking Arrested Development, like with the hook. <laughs> Man, that would have been a great end credit scene. Instead of just teasing the third film, just right. have him finally getting his caramel yeah. apple. Dude, I felt so bad for him. I was like, oh, he really wanted that. Like that was that was all. That was his entire Halloween. Like, like he just he just wanted one of these candy apples. And like I love the scene where he tells he like he tells a guy like hey can you hold my place and then when he comes back they're like like, like they've already gotten theirs and they're sitting off to the side he's just like really <laughs> like it's like seriously that's how you do me <laughs> I'm like I felt so bad for him and then like when he like gets home and he sees the sit the sisters there 
and he just he he has no patience. Like he just blows up. He's like, you threw a party. Like I didn't get my apple. I was like, you got the gothic golden girls in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. She had that. I love that line. That guy was perfect. It was brilliant. So I'm just like, I'm like he was great. Like everything Tony Hill did in this was was fantastic. He was the best surprise of this movie, uh, hands down. Uh. So what, uh, like, we we uh, sort of glossed over it, but what did we think of the new cast, the new girls that, that we had in this movie? They did a good job. They were very entertaining, and they were able to play the roles, I think. Yeah, I, I mean... I'm, I'm... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I... <laughs> They were good. Um, I liked them. Uh, there's potential for spinoff of them, of them now. I can see them doing a Disney Plus TV show for them, so... That would be I mean, interesting. That, that would be the point, I think. I think that's why they had to choose a new cast and not go with, like, well, I mean, because even if they brought back, like, the original, like, Max and Danny and, or, like, Max and uh, Allison's kids, like, but then they would have had to pay Max and Allison to come back for the series if they did it, too, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, or, I mean, I mean, um, unless they did, like, some, like, oh, they get shipped off to a school for witches things because, you know, it's 20, 21st century. Maybe they have, these things exist now. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, but, like, I mean, Oh, go ahead, finish. No, I mean, it's just, and actually, I was just, I was just reading it because I was inter- I was curious, and they actually had extras portray the original three in like a flashback sequence. Oh, so, wow. like, instead of getting the original actors, actors and actresses back, like they had stand-ins just take their place. Huh. Like, I'm, I'm guessing they didn't want to do it. Otherwise, yeah. I can't see what Disney <laughs> would not. Disney is known for bringing back characters to movies that right. from old times. Like, I mean, look at look at uh, Spider-Man: Away Home, but <laughs> right, like they got everybody for that. So I mean, but technically, it wasn't Disney. Technically, it was Sony, but yes. <laughs> oh no, it was it, it's a Disney Sony collaboration. Yeah, and I mean, like I like like I said, like it would have been really cool to see the original. Like you know, what I'm saying in in some capacity, I feel like. I feel like you know, like there there was ample opportunity there. It's kind of like a missed opportunity, really. But like, if they didn't want to do it, you know, there's there's nothing you can do. But I, I I'm kind of shocked that they didn't, because I'm like, this is the yeah. movie like you're most known for. Like, why wouldn't you want to return to that? But if there is a series, hopefully, like that would be there's, really cool. Mm-hmm, there's yeah. there's other opportunities for them to show up. So I I think that would probably be the best way to go. But uh. In terms of like the new cast, like yeah, I thought they were solid, but like my issue is like they got overshown by the Sanderson sisters, like like because I'm like basically what they did with this one was like the idea is bringing these witches back. They're the focal point. They're the they're the interesting idea. You have uh. Latent sixteenth century witches returning to the twenty first century, and you know, saying all the things that they don't understand—that's really the draw of these films and and what they bring to it. And Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy are just really good at their jobs. I will say though, <laughs> I will say about the, about the three witches in this one—that's the one thing I was a little disappointed by—is that Sarah Jessica Parker seemed to have like no role in this movie at all. Like she, it seemed like she barely talked. 
it seemed like she barely had any lines. Like it seemed like she just was in the background, like following along with whatever Bette Miller did. I disagree. Mm-hmm. She, really? she, because I mean, in the original, I think she was the same way, just repeating a lot of the things that. Um, come on, come on, come on. When Fred already <laughs> said, and I, I, because watching back to back, like just one after the other, I didn't see a difference. I, I think they all had their their own. Mm. role to play still me personally i however i i do i don't think that way about sarah i think that way about mary mm. no oh, i Kathy disagree and, <laughs> oh kathy and jimmy had a huge role in this one compared to the last one like, yeah compared to the last one i think kathy and jimmy got way more screen time and, and more of a presence in this mm. one um and- it's funny because my wife even said, like, oh, they changed out the actress for that one. I'm like, no, she's lost a shitload of weight since the last time. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. Uh I again, like to me, like, yeah, I think Sarah Jessica Parker lo- lost a few lines, but I, I don't think they like drastically changed her character. Uh they definitely presented uh Mary a bit more in this one, which I kind of sort of agree with. But like to me, it's their dynamic as a whole that I think is the appeal uh, of this film. And I love, like, you know, there won't ever be a scene as good as when they do, I, I, I put a spell on you, right? Oh, I, I was going to ask you that question. Right. What's, what song do you like better, the first movie song or the second movie song? It's obviously I put a spell on you. Like, I that, put a spell on you is better. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. obviously. But this one was cool, you know what I'm saying, and like, and I love how it turned into a little flash mob, <laughs> like, like. Oh, that... Tony Hale during uh, Tony Hale during oh, that I scene. <laughs> I always see this on TV, but I never get to be part of one. Right, <laughs> and then his apple is gone. He's like, <laughs> the hell! It was great. Like, it was great. Like again, and I can't remember what was the song that they did. Uh I'm gonna get you. Yeah, right, right. And that's a great song, and I love how they switched up the lyrics and everything. Like, it was really cool. But yeah, of course, like, you know, I got a spell on you. Like, come on, man. That was classic. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it was. It was truly like, and it's a, that's a classic Halloween song. I'm going to get you. It's not really like a Halloween song. Right, it's just like right. a, it's a stalkery song. <laughs> right. I mean, it fits. It just yeah. you know, doesn't have that horror element to it that I think the original uh, definitely has. But I love that scene of them at the costume contest. And they're like, you know, they're like, what are your names? It's like, the originals. No, <laughs> like, the originals are like, nice. Like, cool. And then they don't win it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they just snatch the trophy from the other. And throw it at the freaking judge's head. Right. <laughs> like, oh, I was like, when, when the judge actually hit the table, I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some great, great funny gags in this movie. Um, yeah like overall i enjoyed it uh what did you guys think i I have to ask this what did you guys think of the ending basically of how they get rid of the witches brandon go ahead they're not here's my issue about if they're gonna do a third they basically turned good at the end because she realized i'd rather have my sisters than world domination right and I mean, it, they basically turned good at the end, and they just turned it to dust. Yeah, there's a way to bring them back, but if you bring them back, they're not going to be evil, right? They're just going to be there, unless unless there's a new witch threat 
that yep. you know what I'm saying that comes out that emerges that's evil and then you have a reason to bring them back because now they're like they're good I don't I, know I think they should do a crossover with Halloween Town and have uh Cablar or whatever Calabar's Revenge too. <laughs> I'm nervous if that I'm I'm nervous about if they were to reboot Halloween Town. I don't oh, know. Yeah. But but see, <laughs> that's the difference. The actors from Halloween Town are actually on Facebook reels, like putting out reels and stuff. Like of them as 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 them as kids and then like them as adults now. Like and let me say the two girls got good looking, but <laughs> I mean because I mean yeah, they they loved the role they were in they were in. They loved they I mean, they're yeah, still they did what four movies? Well, they so. did uh Halloween Town one, two Return to Halloween Town and Halloween Town High, yeah. 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 Which which one was the one that had him go back in time, the whole time travel one? That was Cablar's Revenge, number two. Yeah, okay. Cablar's Revenge. Revenge. Yeah, but um and but they changed the main actress after yeah. the sec after the second one, I think, right? Or was it the third? I think it was after the I, third. Yeah. All right. I know I know Halloween Town High is a whole nother like Yeah. Actress. That's a, I mean it's a whole nother that, actress. I love that movie though. Like that, it doesn't matter if they change the actress to me. That that movie, that, that, I love the idea of, and that was before Harry Potter even. So right, that was that was the idea of like a school for like magic creatures before Harry Potter, before that Nickelodeon show they have now. Like, there's a Nickelodeon show where they have a school for like witches and stuff. I forget what it's called. Oh, the haunt. Oh no, not the haunted Hathaways. No, I, I think it's I think it's called scarce uh, haunted haunted. I, I'm so out of touch with Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, Nickelodeon I, well, lost yeah. me a while ago, bro. <laughs> yeah, Nickelodeon lost me in like 2006, seven days before he died. <laughs> right. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I thought the ending was cool. Like, which is why I say I don't think you can do a third one because I'm like, it was a really genuine, touching ending that I think wrapped up these guys' story. So I'm like, I'm more along the lines like if they're going to do anything with this they would have to do it immediately right so i'm like whether they're doing the third one whether they do a, a series i think you would have to immediately get into production like right away to to, oh, to make sure that you get it done it's disney they probably are <laughs> right right <laughs> so i mean uh, they do so many secret projects that no one knows about until they decide to let people know they're doing it like yeah and I mean, some of that stuff is good, some not so much. Yeah. <laughs> right? uh, we're not. We're not, we're not gonna talk about. Talking about. <laughs> right. depends, depends what depends what we're talking about. But exactly. All right. So, uh, final ratings, Brandon. What are you giving Hocus Pocus to? I think the safe. I think the safe rating I'm going to give it is four. Um, there were. I mean, I there were a lot of great aspects to this film yeah there were a couple like pacing issues that i had i think that's what kind of brought it down mm -hmm. a lot of people are just absolutely hating on this film and i don't know why i loved it it's definitely not better than the first but i think it's on par with the first as far as just enjoyment so definitely four stars i agree jeremy what are you where are you going for well we're doing a five-star rating system yeah. yeah okay um yeah i, I mean I would go to 4.5 even because I mean, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect movie. I mean, but it's, but honestly, they did everything they they did everything right. So I mean, a four, besides bringing the original actors back, which that would got them a five stars, but 4.5 right. 4.5 because they didn't do that. So I'll give it a 4.5. I mean, it was enjoyable. It was cute. I mean, 
I enjoyed it immensely, and I can't wait to watch it with my kids event in the next day or two. So, uh, I'm I'm a little bit of the same. I definitely cannot wait to watch this with my daughters. I think it's just so cute and adorable and fun, and it it's got great things in it. It is not anywhere, in my opinion, near as good as the first one. But oh no, yeah, like to me, but like to me, like the first one is great. And even then, I only I think I only, would only give it like three and a half. <laughs> so like, uh, even with nostalgia, like yeah, I would probably sit that one at a three and a half. So this to me is a three star. Uh, I would definitely rewatch it. I had fun with it. You know, I'm happy to have two stories now with with the Sanderson sisters that I can watch on Halloween. So. It's a thumbs up for me. In a thumbs up, thumbs down world, it's a thumbs up. But yeah, three stars, solid entertainment uh, if you're looking for it. So that's three stars for me, four from Brandon, four and a half from Jeremy. What did you guys think of Hocus Pocus 2? Let us know on Twitter on our, uh, and on Instagram at FilmCodePod. And we are now going to move on to what's good. What's good, what's good, what's good. where we recommend something that we've seen that we think other people would enjoy. Brandon, what do you, what is good for you this week? Man, so um, one of my favorite slasher films, um, one of my favorite slasher franchises um, has their final installment coming out at the end of this week. So um, luckily, it being Cinema Week, my local theater decided to put Halloween 1978 back into theaters. So I went and watched that last night and man, I just, I'm so glad I got to finally see this in theaters because I'm growing up. I, I used to watch this film all the time, but seeing it in theaters is a completely different ball game, man. That was wonderful. So it's Halloween 1978. It's, it's my second favorite Halloween film because Halloween 2018 is better, but I'm still, I still gave this one a five star because this one is just an absolute banger. John Carpenter, came out of nowhere and it's like i'm just re i'm just gonna create a new entire entirely new brand uh brand of franchises for movies and just boom slasher films nice absolutely wonderful so i'm excited to see how halloween ends pans out on friday and i'm excited to cover it next saturday (laughs) all right jeremy what do you recommend well, I have been watching a lot of horror movies lately for a masturbators tournament that just ended that we're going to be discussing soon. But I will say, uh, you know, I, what I watched this week that I would recommend is The Conjuring 2. Because, mm. I mean, I usually don't like those freaking horrible movies. Like, I just watched Paranormal Activity yesterday. And it was freaking horrible. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. I'm not. I hate found footage movies, except for like a few exceptions. And I hate like the stupid like, oh, she's getting thrown around by an invisible force. Like, <laughs> it, it always looks so fake. But Conjuring Two, actually, like I know, Paranormal's my game, so I know that story, that real story. And they did such a good job in that movie of covering that real life story. So, nice. like, and I love uh, Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren. Yeah, like Another. he does a. 
and Vera Farmiga as Lorraine. Like they do a really good job actually portraying the real people. So uh yeah. Another solid actor, you know what I'm saying, who always good in his little, little roles, but you know what I'm saying, probably won't won't get a bigger one. But um sticking with, you know, it is the the month of horror. I'm not sure this classifies as a horror movie, but uh it's got ghosts in it, so <laughs> and that is uh Patrick Swayze's Ghost. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love this movie. Uh I recently did a podcast on it. Um it's one of my favorite Swayze movies. And uh yeah, like I don't know who you are if you've not seen Ghost, but it's an incredible movie. A great drama, a great social commentary film, a great character study. I I loved it. And I highly recommend if you haven't checked it out to check it out. So that's Ghost, uh, uh, Halloween, and The Conjuring 2. Three solid films that'll get you through uh, the spooky season. So, and that's what's good from here us here at Film Code. What's good? What's good? What's good? are going to discuss the other movie that we saw this week <laughs> uh we had a chance to check out bros the comedy uh starring billy eichner and uh luke Ma- masterson or waterson i can't even remember Mc- mcfarland sorry Woo, wow totally had that one <laughs> luke mcfarland directed by uh nicholas stoller um so this is the story it's Build as one of the first um, gay romantic comedies uh, by a major studio. Uh, and just right off the bat, <laughs> what did you think of Bros? Honestly, I mean, I've seen movies like this before, like uh, Adam, and, Adam and Steve and other movies that are similar to that, but I mean, I never watched them Brokeback Mountain, but <laughs> I'm good on that one. But I mean, Rose was actually a good movie. My boy Billy Eichner in it is what made me immediately want to watch it. Because, I mean, I loved him in Difficult People. I loved it. I loved Billy on the Street. Like, I love just his stand-up. Like, he is a hilarious human being. And I love his attitude towards everything in life. And yeah, basically, it was this movie, this movie was just basically him showing off his attitude about everything in life. So... And, I mean, the rest of the cast was huge, too, but we'll get into that in a minute. But, I mean, it was just a good movie overall. I wish I had better... I wish I actually could have gone to the theater and seen it, because, you know, kids, I don't get to go to the theater ever. But <laughs> I wish I could have gone to the movie theater and seen it, but then again, it wasn't showing in a lot of movie theaters around me. It was, like, showing... A, like I think on Thursday, there was it was in a couple of theaters around me, and then after that, it disappeared. So right. it's not that big of... But luckily, I found it with a little magic device, so... I was glad I got. I was glad I got to watch it though. It's Billy Eichner. Anything he's in, I can watch. I am on the opposite spectrum. Uh, <laughs> I thought Bros was probably the most insufferable movie I've ever sat through. Uh, this e- this year, definitely. Um, tied oh. probably. 
Some of the horror movies I've seen in the last month, I, I'd rather watch Bros over and over again than watch those movies. Yeah, that that's fair. <laughs> like, like, uh, but like in terms of like major releases, uh, like this is up there with Thor: Love and Thunder and Jurassic World Dominion for me as just really difficult to sit through <laughs> types types of movies. Um, you didn't like Dominion? No, it's it's I mean, my, I only, it's my I, worst I only watched like the first. Year. <laughs> I only watched I only watched like the first hour and a half of it so far, but I freaking loved it. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it did not gel with me at all, and and neither did this. Like, well within fifteen minutes of this movie, the urge to walk out was incredibly strong. <laughs> like, like incredibly strong. It was kind of shocking, uh, because I like I don't walk out of movies. Like, even if they're bad sit through them because because i feel like you can't accurately discuss a movie whether you love it or hate it if you if you didn't see the whole thing so uh, i sat through it had to see the vision uh all the way through but this was not the movie for me <laughs> it was um i'll just say it, it really wasn't that funny like for a comedy i did not find it very funny um Billy Eichner's comedic style, I guess, does not gel with me. The whole, you know, constant yelling and yeah. Have you have you watched Difficult People on Hulu? I have not. You should watch that and then give Bros another chance because I doubt it. (laughs) uh, I mean, Difficult People is definitely better than this movie was, but right. It's just him being. It's him being him, basically, but. That's that's sort of what I felt this was was him being him. And no, him, okay. He was no this he was he was very held back in this compared to things he was in when he was younger. Wow. Like wait, like he <laughs> like he it's like it's almost like they put this movie out and they said you can't act so flamboyant. What? <laughs> he was incredibly flamboyant in this movie. Oh, uh, like, I mean, uh. Plus, so he has if a, he toned he has, it down, that's terrible. <laughs> well, well, I mean, he, I mean, he has a female co-star in Difficult People, and the two of them gel really well off each other. Mm. Like, I, I basically consider it the new Will and the, the second version of Will and Grace. Nice. Which, speaking of, speaking Will and Grace, of, of course, <laughs> ha, ha, have you seen Will? Did you ever watch Will and Grace? Like, were of you a course. fan of it? Yes. Okay, so because I watched all all of it like a couple years ago when the reboot came out or right. the restart. And the fact that Deborah Messing was in this movie, and <laughs> and when he when he's like breaking down to her in the lobby, she was like, "For the last twenty years, I everybody thinks I'm every gay guy thinks I'm his best friend, <laughs> and he needs to tell me every little detail about his life." Like right. that, that had me dying because it's that, like, oh my god, that truly, honestly, was the funniest scene in this whole movie. Like I was like, "Yes, Deborah Messing," like like tell them off like she's like i'm not grace like understand it's a character i played is i love that but like yeah like you know in in the community she's an icon so like i get it but like yeah that was great that whole scene with her was great i mean and well okay that scene and i love the fact that harvey harvey firestein from uh Freaking Rob Williams, Rob Williams' brother, Mrs. Doubtfire, was in this movie, which made me die laughing. Because uh, he needed more. <laughs> like I needed he, way he, more of him. He, he did. Like his 
I mean, just it, I wasn't even looking at the screen at that point. I don't think I just heard that well, I could barely see the screen as it was, but right. I just because I'm working while I'm watching it, like I, I work at home and like I'm watching it while, while I'm working and I'm like, I hear his voice, I'm like, what? I haven't seen him in a movie, I haven't seen him in a movie in years, right? Like, and like it's just it's just hilarious. Like, just anytime, in, anytime you hear that iconic like growl voice, it's just like, dude, I yeah. this dude is amazing, like, uh, and I mean, it just. Anytime I hear his voice, I think Mrs. Doubtfire, which is just enough style to come back. Right. But I mean, it's just funny because like when they're freaking having the orgy in the bedroom, he like he walks in and he's like, Oh, you boys are having fun. One other? Oh, like, yeah, like there are there are some genuinely funny moments. I think um the the scene where they decide to have a threesome with uh uh I forget his name, but uh, they decided to have a threesome with his old like oh, high, school high school crush who came out, yeah, right, who came out, and uh, then some random guy named Steve just tries to join in, and like they they won't let him in in any of the intimacy or anything like that. Yeah, I thought that was hysterical. Like it's a great funny little, you know, play scene. And I, lo- and I love the freaking council of the different. LGBT. Yes. L, 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 like I love that council. I got the museum for that because like you got the dean from community, Jim Rash, as like the <laughs> bi guy who like everything has to be everything has to be like the bi's included because the bisexuals right. are important. Yes. <laughs> like, that's it, it's funny because he actually played that role on community basically. I mean that freaking Halloween costume he had on the one episode where he comes at where he's like half cross dressed, half not cross dressed. It's like what the hell? Yeah. And and freaking um. Dot Marie Jones, like who was on right. Glee. Yes, as a, I was so as happy a to see her. So I know. happy to see her. Which like, actually, the, she's in a lot of crazy things that I never expect to see her in. Really? Boondock Saints. Yeah. She was in the she was in the Boondock Saints in like the opening scene. And I I just was Glee was on at that point. I watched that movie and I was like, she was around back then. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. She's in the new Weird Al movie too. That's gonna be hilarious. Oh, I haven't. Oh, I'm I'm dying to see that. Yeah, (laughs) but that was actually probably my other complaint is like, I loved that council. We didn't get nearly enough of them in this movie. Like, I I think they had like maybe two, two or three scenes. Uh, Like, like, I mean, part of it, they were they were a big part of it, but I don't think they were featured enough. Like, and much of their dialogue was in the trailer. So again, I was like. Oh, I never saw a trailer for this movie. Ah, okay. I, I never saw I, I never even heard of this movie until you asked me to watch it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So like I feel like maybe if you didn't watch the trailer, like, yeah, a lot of their stuff would have been great, but it like most See, of their I stuff don't watch, is given away. I don't watch trailers for anything anymore unless it's Star Wars. Yeah. That's that's a even, safe bet. Because <laughs> even with even with Star Wars, you're not gonna see they're gonna show you two minutes of a two and a half hour movies. So right. like it doesn't make a difference. Right. But I mean I I oh my god! In the scene when he's flipping out and like they're like she's like lesbians get him and like <laughs> and, and he has like five lesbians holding him down and and he's like and he's he was all like I'm on steroids like before they took him down and then and they're like he's on steroids doesn't seem like it yeah like yeah the, again they had some funny moments I just wish they had been more integrated into the plot um because I'm like. I mean, like the diverse, the, look at the diversity. You got Miss Lawrence, T.S. Madison, Dot Marie Jones, Jim Rash, like Eve Lindsley, 
this is this is yeah. yeah like i'm like this is an incredible lineup of like in like top level uh lgbtq uh stars and i just felt like i get that we're supposed to be focusing on these two main characters but they are far less interesting <laughs> than but, everyone else but, at that table let me pose you this question though mm-hmm do you think it would have been better if it was a heterosexual couple that this movie was about and with the same issues? No. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, like, because like, because Billy Eichner, he was, he was basically afraid of getting close to anybody because he feels like he always gets his heart broken if he does. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's basically, and the other one was just a guy who usually only goes for the highest guys imaginable. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. So you could easily replace um what's his name uh Luke McFarlane's character with a girl and made it like a straight couple movie, but I think it's groundbreaking that they did it with a gay couple. It is gr- gr- yeah, it is groundbreaking. I think for me, what it was is the characters. I I did not care at all for these characters. Uh, the the main two, in particular, like when it comes to a, when it comes to a romantic comedy, right, like it's it's supposed to be character driven like there's something about this person that's interesting that's relatable that's you know genuine something and this other person that you connect to maybe you share a quality with them or 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 whatever i felt like i felt like on paper that works you have that that's there but i feel like in execution i just could not connect to either one of these guys i felt like the dialogue was wasn't wasn't there. I felt like many of their actions, their their motivations, I thought was weird, unnecessary, often like ill timed, didn't make yeah. sense. I was just like, I I did not care for these two guys at all. Particularly Billy Eichner, I I I thought his character was unbelievably annoying, See? unbelievably inconsistent like <laughs> i am the opposite i didn't care for luke, i didn't care for luke mcfarland's character as much as i care <laughs> for billy because billy i am a billy eichner fan i mean i love i love difficult difficult people that was the first show i ever saw him on and i freaking loved it and maybe go on youtube and look up billy in the street because he actually used to do a show where he go in the street and just like basically yell at people and ask them questions yeah but and him in american horror story is freaking amazing too mm. so i mean I, I love him in the uh, American Horror Story. I want to say it was the election one. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I, like, he's just, he's an amazing actor to me. And I love his, I mean, he's so flamboyant. Just like, I mean, in a less PC term, he's just so gay. Like, it's just, it's, I mean, I hate to say that, but that's the best way to describe him because he, he has that classic termage about him. Like, he's just, he, I mean, could the movie have been better? Yes. If, I mean, if they say got um, Nathan Lane and the guy who, <laughs> and, and uh, what's his name from Will and Grace, not Will, but the uh, Jack, if they got Jack, if they got Jack from Will and Grace and Nathan Lane to play these roles. Like I would have been so happy, but. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like I, I just could not, I could not get into his character. I thought everything that he did was over the top, unnecessary, loud, like and i'm like well billy eichner's loud i mean yeah 
if you can't if you don't like him being loud, you're not gonna like anything he's in. Yeah, like, that's like, what he does. It, it was loud for no reason though. Like that was oh. it was just like literally in the first scene he's doing a podcast, and like he's j- just right out of the gate. Like it, it's not it's not even like hey you know hey welcome to the show da, da, da. we're gonna talk about this or something like that he's like right out of the gate yeah people so there's one like and i'm like whoa like why like like why and then like it's also like i i wasn't like for a romantic comedy it's incredibly raunchy and i'm like and i'm like I get wow. it it's, it's a it's a gay you know romantic comedy but like the raunch level i i think it doesn't gel with with everything else that you got going on, like. Yeah, so like, I mean, it, I mean, but that's the thing. Is there there were it was the stereotypes about the gay community that they were addressing because everybody yeah, thinks oh and, and everybody thinks seemed, oh gay guys got to hook up all the time because guys all they want to do is hook up. So. Yeah, and it just seemed like they leaned more into the stereotypes rather than dispelling of any of them, or you know, well, what I'm saying or. They showed show- the issues with it, though. They showed the issues with it though when like he. Like he's in like an orgy and like he's just not interested. Like he just walks out. He's like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. like, and I mean, it's. I, I I just found it. I found it unnecessarily crass, and which I could forgive if it were funny. But like yeah. again, like it didn't make me laugh at all. Like there's a scene where he's hanging out with his friends at a at a dinner table, uh, and like the two guys and like tell them like they're in a throuple, and it just it. It just goes way too far into crassland. Oh, yeah, I I love when he like he calls his parents and right. like, and they're like they're like, "Honey, he's in a throuple." Like, right. That scene, I'm like that scene had me dying laughing. Like, like it would have been great if literally that's what they said was like, "Hey, you know, we're in a throuple. Where it's me and two other men." Like, there's a way to make that funny. What they did, what they went with was unnecessarily crass is like so you're gonna tell your parents that you are you and your partner are collectively effing another person and then they do like this like you know imagination scene where he's like mom i'm effing me and my partner are effing another person oh dear him and his partner are effing another person like literally over and over again it's just like dude this is not it like it's, it's not it is way I over laugh the so hard. <laughs> I laugh so hard. I, I laugh so hard at that though, because like, like it's just I love I love when they do imagination scenes like that, and it's just like that funny. Like it's like, oh, it just made me laugh. Like, uh, yeah, it was it was at that point where I legitimately contemplated walking out. <laughs> like I was just oh, like, I mean, I'm happy I didn't pay to see this in theaters. That's hundred percent true. But I mean, and apparently people agree with me because. Uh, they had a budget of twenty-two million for this movie, and it only made seven million on opening weekend. So, yeah, and and I don't see it making much more. Like it was. And I will say though, being from Massachusetts and being to P Town, Provincetown before. Oh yeah. On vacation, on vacation, like like I took my wife and the kids there a couple summers ago, and like we stayed at a we stayed at a Airbnb like right outside of Provincetown. We 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 went there to go shopping and everything. And I've worked in Provincetown too, and it's. They did represent that town nicely. Like it is a nice little town. Oh yeah, it's great. And like it's it's funny because it's like a it's like a literally a town on the tip of an island. <laughs> <laughs> and like they they do love their you know their pride parades, man. They go hard. So oh they, oh whoa 
God, yeah. I mean, they, they do. I mean, <laughs> but I love the people there. They're so amusing and so like funny when they tell you stories and stuff. Like it's just, oh, it's yeah. a good town. It's like this it's a good town. This is a good. It's a good place. It's good people. Uh, you know, saying nothing but respect. Got to go back. <laughs> like, um, this movie currently has an eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a ninety percent audience score. Which for Rotten Tomatoes and for the audience score, that's pretty damn high. It's incredibly high, and I but do I, not get why. <laughs> like, well, I think because of all the cameos and because of uh. It's Billy Eichner. I mean, people love him. Like they, they think he plays to like the role of being the gay man exactly how people want him to play it. So that's why he does it. Like he screams everything at everybody because that's just how people want him to play. Like there's a there's there's a reason with Billy on the street. Like he got he was making these videos and putting them out on YouTube on YouTube. And I mean, at that point, at that point, it was basically just. uh, that's like he got picked up and put on roles because of that, because he was so funny in that mo- in that series online. Like it wasn't even a TV show; it was just him literally on the street with someone holding the camera, like, and him screaming like questions at people. Like, I mean, it's just that's what he does. Like, it, it's just his style of humor. It's so funny because I'm going through this and I'm reading some of the rotten reviews here, and the they are saying exactly how I feel. So like one one person calls it tonally clumsy, narratively awkward, fails to satisfy as a rom or com, unable to decide if it's an earnest love story or a series of SNL style parodies. It's far too invested in its own purported novelty and in shaming other attempts at gay representation. That is 100% how I feel. <laughs> like 100%. I mean, there are better there are better movies for gay representation, I'll say that. There yes. Are. And I mean, I can't. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, the Birdcage, the Birdcage bird did a cage. way better job. I mean, the Birdcage is probably my favorite LGBTQ movie ever. Like that's, it's an amazing film with two amazing actors. And well, I mean, I love that Robin's not even really gay, but he plays the role so well. Same as oh, he's uh, amazing. <laughs> same as Neil Patrick. Same as Neil Patrick Harris on How I Met Your Mother. But right, Patrick, no, no, no. I'm sorry, not him. No. Uh, Neil's Neil's he, actually gay. <laughs> yeah, he, he, but he does the reverse so well. That's what that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Like he he does the reverse so well playing a straight man when he's really not. Right. Like he he plays the perfect like straightest man ever like role. <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah, to me it's just I, I I'll be honest, I didn't like any of it. <laughs> I didn't like well, any of it. Uh, like you out, outside you, of those few gags. You didn't like the end scene where it's. Where he sings a well, song to him? And- well, no. Oh, oh, no. Well, okay. Well, let me put it this way first. <laughs> I love that they tried to bring Lincoln into the, as the last exhibit <laughs> in the museum. Because I love the American Dad episode where Stan plays like Lincoln's uh, bodyguard slash lover. No. And nice. like, like, I do, I, I love, like, th- there is a lot of conspiracy around what Lincoln was. Like, if he was bi or gay or, I mean, oh, he had to be bi because he was married and had a kid. Right. But, but I mean, but he could also just done that because that's what you had to do back then. You didn't right. have a choice. Yeah. So I mean, it's I like that they brought that into it, but I also like at the end when they have like Ben Stiller as like a hologram in the museum, and like at night these things come alive. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the, I mean the fact the fact that it was Ian Thompson too as James Baldwin and like. <laughs> 
Amy Schumer playing Eleanor Roosevelt, which right. made me laugh so hard, especially because I that ties back to Wedding Crashers, where the grandmother's like, "It's white though, Eleanor, big fat dyke." Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that that made me die laughing when like Amy Schumer came in with that, and it's Amy Schumer. Anything she does, I'll watch. But wow, and Seth Meyers is Harvey Milk. Like that was awesome too. That was like, great. I mean, again, like it's sort of just it confounds that point. Like it feels like an SML skit. And I'm just like, I I just, I, I wish I found this movie funnier. Like it could have forgiven, I could have forgiven a lot of the issues that I had with the, the characters if I just, if it just made me laugh, right? Like outside of Deborah Messing, outside of maybe one or two of the awkward sex scenes, I was just like, this is this is not it's not it it's not doing anything for me it, it's it's not charming i'm not i'm not i'm not immersed in the romanticism of it like you know what i'm saying and i'm like i've i've seen a ton of other lgbtq films yeah. right one of my one of my favorites recently was uh happiest season with uh Kristen stewart and um uh, i can't remember her name but like uh it was a lesbian rom-com or whatever around what, the Christmas. What's it called? Happiest season. I never heard of that even, but it, it was on a Hulu. Like it, it went straight to uh, Hulu. But like uh, it was it was great. Like to me, that was that was one of the best romantic comedies I've seen in a long time. And like I mean, like 2019 had Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is still one of either, Yeah. But... That's a French film. But still one of my uh, one of my favorite <laughs> films of the year. And like well, so that's like, Master Bears is going to be doing an LGBTQ plus uh, bracket eventually, so dope. I'm sure I'll be, be fun. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'll be seeing a lot of these movies, but yeah, the the first one I ever saw though was my favorite movie for that category, and that was when I was a teenager. And I saw, but I'm a cheerleader. Of course, <laughs> but I'm a cheerleader yeah. is a classic. You know, a lot of the LGBTQ plus films that I've seen, they're either weird or they're very like colorful. They they switch things up. They find a way to be creative, I think, in, in terms of delivering their story, delivering their uh, message, the, you know, the whole thing. To me, I just felt like this film didn't have a message. Like It, 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 it yeah. had one, but it was so distorted because they were trying to do too much. Yeah. So, like, for me, it really, really missed the mark in, in terms of, of what, it, what I think it was trying to go for. Um, so... Let's uh let's go ahead and final ratings. Uh, what are you giving Bros? I'd give it a three, a solid three. Solid three. Uh, I am going to to comfortably sit this at a one and a half. Um, See, uh, I I have so I have so hard time giving a movie that bad a rating unless it's like. <laughs> Okay, no, a paranormal activity, I would give that a fucking point five. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's some charm to it, not nearly enough. Um actually I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna change that. I'm going with a one star. Like I I was very much, very much upset with this film. And yeah, <laughs> like I, I I have no good things to say about it. So I like I'm sorry. If you love this film, that's great. Congratulations. Wish I shared the same sentiment, but to me, this was this this was not it. This was this was comfortably one of the worst films I've seen all year. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it was trying to do too much and they need to focus down on, I mean, they could have done a comedy movie about trying to open the museum and the freaking yeah. whole panel of people at the museum was the freaking movie. Like that, that if, they were, if they were all equal stars in that movie, it would have been a better movie by far. Much better, much better. Go. Cool. All right, so it is that time. All right. Uh, it was supposed to be Zach, but he's not here, so I took over, and uh, I have the code word this week. Um, I'm really looking. Ex- I'm really excited for this one. So, <laughs> your code word was model. Your film is from 2015 to 2020. Uh, your lead actor has been in a Best Picture winner in the last five years, and your supporting actor has been in a popular franchise film from the 2010s. So, Jeremy, you are our guest, which means you have the privilege of going first. <laughs> uh, if you get this correct, uh, you add to the guest list total, which is which is doing pretty well. So what is your guess for the code word this week? I mean, I was looking at this and I was looking at the best picture winners for the last five years. And I'm like, there's not actually many choices on like people who I think you could be talking about. And with that, so, I mean, I think it actually is the Green Book because Viggo Morrison won a best picture for that. Well, he won the best picture, won that movie, won the best picture. And Ali Marshala, or however you say his name correctly, um, <laughs> was what was in Hunger Games in the 2010s. He was. All right, good guess, Brandon. What do you have? I'm pretty sure I'm wrong, but I'm going to also follow up with the with Green. How this one Best Picture is beyond <laughs> me. I still don't understand it. I don't, and I don't need to understand it. Damn, man! I what the hell happened that year? <laughs> it was a good movie. It yeah. was, but man, oh my it, god! I, it, I, it it was based on true story too, and the Green Book is a real thing. That unfortunately, that African Americans had to follow these rules if they were traveling in the South. Yeah, which it's a sad thing, but it was based on a true thing, and that's why it won because it was a good description, a good depiction of life back then. I, I wanted Black Klansman to win that year. Was it the same year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, then the yeah. nominees were Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Green Book, Vice, Star is Born, and Roma. I wanted I mean, Star is Born, but yeah. <laughs> Stars, dude, really? I <laughs> love that movie. <laughs> I, I did not like that movie one bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I like musicals, but I did not like that movie. What do, wait, but, wait, wait. Wait, I'm, I'm changing... Okay. I'm changing it up. I'm changing it up. All right. What are we going with? I'm going with freaking Star is Born because you <laughs> love that movie. Lady Gaga was once a model. Right. Lead actor has been in the Best Picture winner. Freaking Bradley Cooper, and he's been in multiple. Mm-hmm. Supporting actor. 
Sam Elliott. Mm. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to keep my words going so I don't just stop talking here for a second. <laughs> Let's see. What else was he in in the 2010s? Sam Elliott was in a couple of things. Yes, he's he in everything. <laughs> yes, he is. Man, he's in so much. Oh, if you want to see a good Sam Elliott movie, watch The Man Who Killed Hitler, then and The Bigfoot. Bigfoot, yeah. That was great. All right. I know I'm wrong, but I'm going with Star Wars Born. Just big, just based on that, you know musicals. You know, you know I love musicals. I'm a big musical guy. And I'm so excited because you are both wrong. <laughs> yeah, see. See, all right, here, here's the thing, Jeremy, for future reference, when we have you if we have you on in future shows. If he ever ta- if he ever has a, a code word, it's just a musical. <laughs> just just cross out everything off your list and be like, what is it and what is in a musical? I mean, I'm a, I couldn't think of any musical thing that came out between fifteen and twenty, really, though. Besides, I mean, I, I don't even consider Star Is Born really a musical per se. Yeah, like La La not, Land, that wasn't. I guess it that was wasn't a musical. Well, it was musical. It was, but I'm I'm actually shocked that you guys missed this one. Well, I mean, actually, no, I'm not, because it is a very underrated film. Um, but it is, in my opinion, one of the best films that came out in that time period and it is 2016's Sing Street directed by John Carney your lead actor who was in a best picture winner is Ferdia Walsh Pilo who was in Coda <laughs> oh my god Coda, Coda popped up as a freaking winner for 2022 and I was like I was like I, I never heard of Coda even so I was like I have no idea what the hell that movie is all right and your supporting actor, Jack Rayner, uh, who played uh, Ferdy Awash's P. Little's brother, was in Transformers, The Age of Extinction in 2010. So that is... Oh, your... deep cuts. Deep, deep cuts. cuts. <laughs> so that is your code word. Sing Street 2016, directed by John Carney. I never heard of Sing Street. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, the the right. uh, model refers to one of the songs sing in the movie called Riddle of the Model. Uh so that's that's where that comes from. So your 20s your co-word this week was Sing Street. Uh Jeremy, feel free to check out Sing Street. Let us know what you thought of it. Personally, I love it. Uh Brandon, I don't know oh. if you've seen this either, but definitely I re- highly recommend it. You know, you know me, I'm always going to recommend musicals because the oh, musicals I, I love me a good love. I love me a good musical. I love me a good musical, and we're actually doing a bracket on Bracket Bastards of Entry of Best Musical. But... Oh, I need on them. Where that. is Singing in the Rain on that list? In my musical? Oh, you're talking about no, on his. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I did not make the rankings for that bracket. I don't know where Freddie got them, but um, Singing in the Rain, I actually have never seen all the way through. I've just seen like the famous scenes. It's it's dude it was i mean obviously it was way before all our times but i remember how i remember how him and i were saying remember i was just saying maybe we'll have you on in future shows that's off the table <laughs> i mean i've seen a lot of musicals but singing the range is one of those ones i never got around to actually watching because it just i never even saw it on tv like they never even showed it on tv that often. yeah it's on hbo max if you have hbo max it's worth throwing on and just watching all the way well, through i'm it's... sure i'm sure I'm, I'm sure i'm gonna have to watch for the musical bracket anyway so sweet yeah it's, it's my we... favorite movie musical but i mean yeah i my favorite musical is always gonna be moulin rouge 
Eh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Obi-Wan Kenobi singing. Come on. <laughs> I, I've seen him singing in Beauty of the Beast 2017, and I was like, meh. Wait, that was him? He was he was Lumiere, yeah. Oh. Did not uh, uh, okay, well, Moulin Rouge came out way before that, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> um. Wait a minute, are you talking animated or live? No, 2017, the live action. The live action. Oh, yeah. oh I thought you said when I thought you said when you were 17. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> They're like, whoa, that was a long time ago. All right, Brandon, you gotta go. So uh let everybody know where they can find you, sir. You can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C ears over on Letterboxd. Go check out what I'm watching. It's busy next couple months, but I'm excited to go check out Halloween ends next week. And yeah, can just continuing on with uh with spooky month. So yeah. Thank you guys again for listening. All right, Jeremy, where can everybody find you, sir? I mean, you can find me on Facebook. It's Jeremy Bryant or in in the Paranormal New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast group. Or you can find me on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard. And you can find both my shows, uh, Maniacal Music Musings and Paranormal New Normal on YouTube. Just search the name. Or you can find me on TikTok as Juggalo Basher Podcast. All right, guys. And you guys can find me on Twitter at IMHOReviews1. That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under PA Cloudin. And as always, guys, please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. And we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs>